Howdy friends, Craig here. Can you believe that? Can you hear that? The music? There's music. Um, oh, it's the cast of Fistful of Credits. Guys, um, look, you're, you guys are later in the show. You're not, you're not going to turn the music down, are you? Um, you're not going to wait. All right, do your thing. Guys, we have something coming over the whole net. Looks like Third Floor Wars is doing a special for their 100th episode and wants us to say a few words. Really? I know, it's pretty cool, right? No, I meant, really? It's reached a hundred episodes? How? It's nothing but a bunch of scruffy-looking nerf herders and moof milkers droning on and on like protocol droids. Oh, Professor Ricks, you're maybe being a little unfair here. Sure, that Craig fella may be Bantha Poodoo as a host, but I like that Ray fella, real class act. And all the guests have been fun and informative, Besides, 100 episodes is really something. Indeed. In fact, by my calculations, Third Floor Wars has 91 more episodes than the Star Wars saga. Those numbers may not lie, Clinker, but experience tells me quality trumps quantity every time. Even those Star Wars prequel episodes were better than any episode of the Third Floor Wars. Even though I'm continuously surprised when we agree, my processors tell me you are correct. Stow it, boys. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Sure, it's a bit early to judge, but our own story is shaping up to be a fun, pulpy tale filled with swashbuckling action, organic character development, and satisfying revelations involving the Force. You can't say the same about the prequels. You're right, Marshall. I can't say the same about the prequels. From the cast of A Fistful of Credits, congratulations, Third Floor Wars, on 100 episodes. Here's to 100 more. And... Playing a tabletop strategy game allows you to unplug and test your skills against friends. Every week, Third Floor Wars delivers useful strategies, discussions, battle reports, and reviews to tabletop games like Malifaux. If you want to get better at the games you already play, or discover the games other people are playing, you are in the right place. Craig and Ray welcome you to the Third Floor and the Tabletop Talk Broadcast. Wow, 100 episodes. That's a lot. I want to take a minute to reflect on this milestone. We're going to start with my good friend Cody Hyatt from Swamp Fiends turning the mic around and interviewing me. He and uh, Matt Overton collected a pile of questions from you, the listeners. We had a lot of fun recording it. Uh, Like often happens, the interview breaks into just Cody and me chatting about games, movies, or whatever comes up. He's a smart dude, a good friend, uh, and I always enjoy talking with him. The segment after that, uh, I'm going to do some call-outs and some thanks for the people and the supporters uh, that got us here. And then we'll finish off the episode with some of the best bloopers and outtakes from the last 100 episodes. Okay, sit back and listen to Cody and I chat while we get the questions you submitted answered. Uh, Don't miss the end of the interview for a cool surprise. I'm trying to picture your voice. One second. 
Hey everyone, Cody here on the third floor. Today my guest is host of the Tabletop Talk podcast and manager of the USFT Malifaux tournament circuit. Uh, you may recognize him. He's been on the podcast a few times. <laughs> <laughs> So people listening, you can't, Cody and I are on video while we do this, and I've been quietly laughing my ass off while you did that intro. <laughs> oh boy, that's funny. <laughs> Sorry, Cody, I messed up. My guest, say hello to my guest, Craig Shippen. It's really great to be on the show, Cody. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming on, dude, to my podcast, not yours. <laughs> So today is your 111th birthday, um, and we got some uh, interview questions for you, um, sent in by the lovely Floorheads. Um, all kinds of different questions, serious, silly. Now, the term Floorheads is what you coined. Yeah. And it's stuck. <laughs> yeah, it was just... Um, just a, a, a mouth flub. Uh, <laughs> but that's funny, I guess. What are, people that listen to Swamp Fiends, what are they called? Uh, probably Fiends, right? That makes sense. Yeah, I like um, it. That works. Gups. Gups is like a meme in their Discord. Oh, is it? Why. Okay. <laughs> so maybe a little... A All right, little so what, do I, what, what can I tell you, Cody, that, uh, that everybody wants to know? Yeah. Um, hmm... Okay, so the first question here is from Nick Way, um, and I think it's a pretty good one to start us off. Uh, he asks, what, is your, what was your intention in doing the podcast? Like, what were you thinking to begin with? And uh, I guess, like, what were your expectations when you started it? So it didn't start off. None of this started with the podcast. Um, uh, and when, when Ray and I, what started third floor wars is Ray and I were frustrated with the battle reports that were being put out for Malifaux. Um, Ray comes from a uh, TV background um, as a producer. Um, I uh, would just consume battle reports um, when, I, when I was, you know, getting into Malifaux and playing Malifaux. And I just had some ideas. I thought that there were certain things that could be done to make a battle report really good and more enjoyable for the viewer. Ray had the skill set uh, to make it happen. So we kind of partnered up and and we did um, start off just with the YouTube channel. Um, so that's kind of how Third Floor War started. From there, I'd always had the idea of the USF team in the back of my head. So USFT followed soon afterwards um, from that. And then God, I'm trying to remember somebody was bugging me um, that uh you know, we were putting out uh, the uh, videos, the spotlights, right? So there were like 15 minute videos on each master. Um, and I was putting those videos out and I was trying to, the reason I was doing it on videos is because there was other podcasts that were, you know, doing it in podcast form. And um, I had people reaching out to me saying, Hey, I don't really watch YouTube. Can you just put it on the podcast? So the first five, six episodes of tabletop talk is literally the audio from those videos because people just wanted them as that i quickly realized that it would take 20 30 hours to make a video and it would take a tenth of that to make a podcast 
so for kicks and giggles, I just started doing episodes on it. Um, so to get back to Nick's question, um, my intention has always been to create content. Um, and the podcast started off as an afterthought, but it is by far now, I think the biggest thing that, that we put out. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jan Animus's question sort of relates to that. He asked, how do you get the energy to keep doing what you've been doing for the community this long? And uh, I guess, I guess energy is probably not the right word, you know, cause you know, the obvious question is like Coke or whatever they got Trump <laughs> dumped up on to do those five rallies a day. But so I guess maybe motivation is a better word. Where, where do you find that? Um, it's been fun, Cody, finding my voice. Um, I did not know that I liked being a content creator and it turns out I really do. Um, so, uh, I enjoyed the process. Um, so part of what got me into it, like enjoying it was learning the process, like from a technical standpoint, because before we, we, before we made videos and did battle reports, I knew nothing about editing videos. And I taught myself with Ray's help how to do that. Um, and then I knew nothing about podcasting. And we started putting out a podcast and I learned about editing. I learned about sound quality and how to get to get quality, you know, sound better. Um, probably the biggest things I started learning how to host and how to how to make interesting episodes, how to find topics that were interesting and how to make guests more interesting. Um, so I've enjoyed that. Um, and what keeps me going now is the floor heads. Um, there's so many people that have been so kind and so supportive. Um, and it's not even about the money, the, but the reaction we got to the, to the, um, uh, the Patreon was, was it just amazes me. Um, cause you go through and you look at all of the other podcasts, not even just Malifaux podcasts, but hundreds of podcasts out there for gaming. And, and, you know, I'll pop over to their Patreon and I support some of them because I like their content and I realize how lucky we are um, that we've got three, four, five times as many patrons um, as some of these podcasts that have been around for a very long time. And that's encouraging. It means that people are enjoying it and I'm enjoying making it. So it's great. Um, it has been exhausting to do it weekly. That was, a, that was the dumbest thing I ever did was saying this would be a <laughs> weekly podcast because it was, you know, super energetic and had a ton of things I wanted to do at the beginning. Um, so that's why I've gone three on one week off um, to make sure that um, I can still maintain that energy and hopefully maintain the quality. Yeah. I, I, yeah. If you're not a Patreon supporter, you should definitely slide over there and give Craig a buck or something at least. Right. Um, it, it's definitely <laughs> worth it to get that pods a week early. Uh, so definitely. Slide over well, there. I just, Go I ahead. just told them that, uh, <laughs> I just told him that we didn't need any more. I was the worst salesman in the world. <laughs> yeah, get, get over there. Come on, dude. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people asked, um, I think this brand is a good branching question. A lot of people asked uh, about the non-Malifaux content uh, in, in just sort of a general way. So we got a question from Loke, a question from Jim. Um, I guess maybe the best way to ask it is like, um, how much of that do you feel is a break from Malifaux? How much of it is something you want to do more of in the future? Um, and what, what are you most proud of maybe even? I don't remember what our first non Malifaux episode was off the top of my head. Um, but uh, there's, there's a couple things happening when we do non Malifaux content and um, we probably, you know, are getting close to every other episode now 
being, you know, Malifaux, non-Malifaux, Malifaux, non-Malifaux. And there's a couple things. Um, again, the, I mean, if this was a monthly podcast, um, then we could do all Malifaux all the time um, and would never run out of things to talk about. Um, to a certain degree, if you're doing something on a weekly basis, Cody, you kind of run out of stuff to talk about, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing is, is that for me to want to do it, to have the energy to do it, to uh, to try to keep this, you know, fun to listen to, um, I've got to enjoy what we're talking about. So a certain degree, you see me, you know, what, what am I enjoying right now? So one of the things that happened uh, with COVID is I played Les Malifaux, just like everybody else did. Um, but what I did discover was role playing again and was able to do that online. And it was something where I can't I don't enjoy Malifaux online, but I do enjoy role playing online. And so there's going to be some role playing content. Um, the uh, same thing with some of the Marvel Crisis Protocol content that we've put out is because I'm enjoying playing that. Um, uh, I really, really love the Insider Insight series that I'm doing. I really am enjoying talking to people that that are making games um we've got some episodes coming out now with writers people that have been written for uh weird we've got some uh actual artists like people that have drawn for weird coming on the show i can't wait to record those episodes because i haven't had anybody like that on the show uh, but having you know people like bryce johnston and, and jamie perkins on the show and um you know uh the guys that um, make drown earth and stuff like that. It's very interesting to me to talk to them and um, to, to, to learn and pull that curtain behind. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping people are enjoying it. So I know that for most people listening, they came here for the Malifaux. Um, I hope the non Malifaux content is still interesting for them. Um, and I hope they understand why we do it. Um, and for those that are frustrated by it, um, I'm sorry. Um, I, I still guarantee I'm putting out more Malifaux content than just about <laughs> anybody else, even though I'm, maybe every other episode is, is Malifaux. Um, how about you, Cody? I mean, as a listener, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the Perkins episode was phenomenal. I shared it in like all of my War Machine groups, not just the Malifaux, because it was such a good, you did such a good job of teasing out uh, his thoughts in a way that was very compelling to hear in, in a way that as soon as he said certain things, I was like, duh, you know, it was, <laughs> he was a great guest, but he said them in such a way where I was like, okay, yeah, now I get it now. Um, so I really love those kind of episodes, uh, the designer series for sure. Um, but what, what happens when you look at your feed and you see uh, an episode devoted to Marvel Crisis Protocol, which is a game you don't play? As a listener, do you just not listen to it or do you find that content worth listening to, too? There's been one of those, right? Well, well I guess you're saying any other ep- any other game. Right. Yeah, right. The, the, the actual play role playing stuff, which I know you don't do. Uh, so my honest answer is I download them, but I don't listen to them that day. But I usually come yeah. back to them. Interesting. OK. Um, so like some of them have, I've, I've listened to them like, Oh, I really want to like check this out. Uh, like the one rated with sky tier. I was like, that sounds pretty sweet actually. Yep. Um, but I'm trying to think of all the different ones. Um, I mean, mainly the designer ones I listen to every, I listen to all of those, but if it's like a, I don't know. What are the other? Well, it's interesting. I mean, what what you're saying there is interesting, which is, you know, you still will end up probably listening to it. So are you saying, but when a Malfo episode comes out, Cody, do you immediately jump on it? Yeah, more than likely. Uh, There are a few deep dives I got like halfway through 
And then I was like, okay, I think I get this now. Uh, you get the idea. <laughs> or it's like something I played against so much where I was like, I'm sick of hearing about this guy, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But yeah, I usually listen to everything as soon as it comes out. I'm, I'm like a weirdo and I listen to entirely too many podcasts. So yeah. yeah, I've listened to pretty much everything, but I've listened to, you know. Yeah, it's not just tabletop. To be clear, this question was not about like, please stop doing that. It was like, it was like, oh, you know, what does that do for you? And like, yeah. do you, what, itch, what itch does that scratch kind of thing for you? I think the reason I took it in that direction, Cody, is, is quite honestly, it's something I worry about. Um, now, what's nice, though, is it's brought in new listeners. So I've had listeners say just the opposite of what I expected, which is, you know, I don't really play Malifaux, so I don't listen to those episodes, but I like these episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, but it's something that I'm concerned about because we are primarily a Malifaux podcast. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Um, so it wouldn't shock me. If listeners are like, what the hell, you know, why, why are we talking about this? But I said, I want to hear about Malifaux. Yeah. I I don't think anyone is unimpressed with your work ethic, dude. (laughs) I mean, like, (laughs) like you said, like, uh, you're pushing out an insane amount of, uh, Malifaux content, which, which segues good into my question, which is, uh, I feel like you're pretty much, you're pretty unquestionably like the biggest voice in promoting Malifaux. Like you're the King fanboy, you're faux Rogan, all that stuff. Um, but what would you like to see from the Malifaux community in terms of fan produced content that you want to listen to? Or Interesting. Or like that? that's, a, that's a good question. Um, I love the fact that we're seeing more battle reports being put out there. That makes me happy because um, we've stepped off the gas at third floor wars. I mean, that used to be kind of what we did and we don't really do it as much anymore. And again, I kind of talked about it is because I can, you know, I can put out a weekly podcast but i can't put out weekly battle reports i just don't have the bandwidth to do it so the people that are doing that i think it's huge uh because that's good for the game um i like the non-competitive content for malifo a lot um uh, so I'm a big fan of steam powered scoundrels. I love the fact that they love Malifo, but they don't put out the same kind of t- content that I do. It's not um, focused on the stuff that um, I and other podcasts focus on. I love what rage quit is doing with the um, kind of beginners introduction to the faction introductions, uh, which is something we don't really do. So I like the answer to the question is, is find your voice. Um, been talking to the guys that are put about to put one out in Australia and, you know, what I've been trying to say to them, because they've been asking for advice is figure out, figure out your voice. What, what makes, what, what do you find interesting? And if, if you find it interesting, then other people are going to find it interesting. Um, and so, you know, for those of you listening or thinking about creating content, is, is there something that you heard in one episode from one podcaster that you said, wow, that's my favorite episode. I wish they did more of that. Well, do it. Um, and if you don't know how to make a podcast, I could spend 30 minutes with you tops and you'd be ready to go and, and start recording it. Um, uh, I love swamp fiends because it's like, I, when I listen to a swamp fiends episode, I know that I'm not, I'm going to get something different than anything else being put out there right now, because you guys found your voice it took a little bit of time, but now you mm. have, um, so, um, I will consume something that is, that is, that is, that is unique um that is signature um but as far as you know stuff that's missing uh just more does that help yeah definitely howdy friends craig here you deserve a new playmat 
Here on the third floor, we use mats by Mars. They are scratch resistant, waterproof, wet erase marker compatible, almost free of glare and lighter than neoprene. Mats by Mars gives you over 40 designs to choose from. You pick a mat, pick a design, and then you pick an overlay, like one for Marvel Crisis Protocol, Star Wars Legion, or even Malifaux 3rd Edition. Those overlays will really speed up your deployment and make the placement of objective markers so easy. Use our promotion code in the show notes to get a 10% discount on your first order. In the notes of your order, you can even request the third floor logo on your mat for free. That makes the best mat in the business even a little better. So get some new mats, save yourself some money, and help support the show. Go to matsbymars.com. All the details are in the show notes, including the discount code. Uh, this question is from Anthony Nguyen. Uh, what are you looking forward to in Malifaux in 2021? I'd love to be able to play again yeah. at a table. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to Explorers. I think that's going to be a lot of fun for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. Seeing the initial, I mean, over on the desk here, I've got all of the Cooper sculpts that we used in that live stream. And uh, they're gorgeous. I mean, and I'll tell you, you know, you see pictures, one thing, you see them on a video. That's another thing to hold the models and look at them. I mean, you know this, Cody, it's, mm-hmm. I got to see the sculpt, right? So if people say pictures and that they'll say, you know, that sculpt's garbage. That looks terrible. But, it, and I've said that too to myself, I try not to say it out loud. And then I get the sculpt and I look at it or even halfway into painting it. And I'll go, I think I really like this a lot. I don't think I realized how much I liked it until I've spent some time with it. Um, so I can't wait to see uh, what we've got coming um from explorers um i hope we see gaining ground season two um i can understand if they don't put it out next year just because of the delay and the people are still learning gaining ground season one for crying out loud um but i love new gaining grounds um i love seeing the new design space that they find um i like the way that matt and kyle think um and i like to see them produce content um so i like to see new rules um i like you know there's I think we've got some stuff coming from weird soon that is non Malifo. Um, this, uh, there's talk of a board game coming out and stuff like that. That always fascinates me uh, because I'm a fanboy and I like how these guys make games. Um, so I like that idea as well. Uh, another thing I'd love to see is I'd love to see other side become a thing. I, I would love just miraculously to suddenly people um, start playing that game because um and, you know, I'm guilty as anything. I, I sold mine because <laughs> I didn't play it. But, you know, the people that do love it say it is, it is a great game. So I would love for that, you know, to survive. Great. Yeah. What do you think it would take to make other side pop back up again? Um, so what they're doing, I think, is really clever. And whether it was intentional or not, it doesn't matter. But putting out Malifaux sculpts for the other side, I think it's really smart. So, for example, the uh, Karai box that will be coming out is going to have a whole new Karai sculpt, a, no, a whole new Akiro sculpt. I'm going to buy that box because I want those for Malifaux. Um, and I'm going to be getting other side cards. And I'll probably buy the Sonya one, too, when that comes out. So I think that's really smart. Um, I think a starter box done in the same way i think the the company that did the best starter box to this two companies have done great starter boxes in my mind one is steam forged their guild ball starter boxes were phenomenal because they had they had the christmas morning magic which is i could get that starter box and i could christmas day without buying anything else start playing guild ball and the one that's second place in my mind to that is uh marvel crisis protocols starter box because it gave me models 
It gave me dice. It gave me measurement tools. It, uh, it gave me terrain. The only thing it didn't give me was glue and, and clippers. Um, but it gave me everything else to start playing the game. Um, so I would love to see if Malifaux can do that. Carnival, their starter box is phenomenal. It gives me the models. It gives me gorgeous terrain. You should see the terrain that comes in that starter box. Uh, it's, it's all cardboard, but it's freaking cool. Yeah, I love those um, sculpts. The sculpts are so cool. Oh, dude, I can't wait. I mean, uh, um, uh, it'll bend out by the time people are listening to this, but you're really going to enjoy my insider insight with um, uh, Lewis from uh, TT Combat um, and the stuff when he starts talking. I think it's going to be really difficult for people to listen to that episode and not either pick up Rumble Slam, which I did, or pick up Carnival, which I did, um, mm-hmm. because uh, the stuff that he talks about is is fantastic. But to your point, the sculpts in Carnival, it's a gorgeous world. Yeah. All right. So now let's enter what I'm affectionately calling the Arcanist block of the question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but do we need to go to break first? No, no, I'm good. Man. Uh, okay. Do you want to hear a word from our sponsors or something? <laughs> <laughs> I know all the foreheads can relate to this, but there's the one part of the ads that's like hardwired into my brain is when you go, um, if you play Malifo or just want to look good while doing it. <laughs> <laughs> So somebody said to me, um, in one of the live streams, I had the, uh, you know, the music that plays, um, under my voiceover guy mm-hmm. that does the, you know, do the intro, uh, um, at the, every episode, the kind of hip hop pseudo yeah. thing. I do. So I play that music at the beginning of my live streams, but without the voiceover. And I've had several people say to me, they can hear him. They can hear him do the intro because they hear the music, even though he's not saying anything. <laughs> that's funny Uh, but that's funny all right so this one's from matthew overton um said i know it's just a meme now but can you try and your very best explain what it really is about arcanist that you hate so much um so it's a it's a let's be clear it's a shtick um uh yeah it, it um now i do hate them but like the degree in which i emphasize that is is something that i get mileage out of more than anything and i know it makes people chuckle um and uh but um the the source of it is is legitimate um and emotionally scarring <laughs> so when i found when i found malifo i was um breaking up with 40k and um at the time i actually breaking up with guild ball as well and I found Malifaux and I started teaching myself and I got one of my buddies, a guy named Jimmy that I played 40 K with and played Hobbit with. And I said, Hey, try this out. And he went out and bought a box and he bought Raspy. I bought Perdita and we learned how to play the game together. And all we had was family. And well, there wasn't even keywords back then. It was, I had Perdita. He had Rasputina and uh, Jimmy is a better player than I am. in every game that we've ever played, and um, I got my ass handed to me by Raspy over and over and over again. Um, and part of it was Perdita wasn't very good in second edition. Um, uh, and all part of it was I wasn't very good with her. Um, and then, you know, as we expanded out, I got more guild models. He got more Arcanist models. But my win loss record with him didn't change that much. Um, so I just got, you know, got frustrated playing arcanist um but uh um i will tell you that um i think 
I really would love the interfaction balance to be as good as Arcanist for all the factions. Because I, one thing I like about Arcanist is I think that um, each one of their masters has a place, um, and I'd love to see that extend as much as it is in Arcanist. But no, it's I have nothing against Arcanist players, and uh, but I do I do will have an emotional reaction to some Arcanist models. So for Nick Cromarty, he asks uh, if you're in charge of fixing Arcanist, what would you change? Nothing. Nothing. I, I, I know nothing about designing games. I know nothing about fixing games. Um, yeah, I know, but that's, so, a, that's a softball for you to know. Um, say something like throw them in the trash. <laughs> no, Arcanists are fine. I don't know. Um, well, I don't know. What would I change about Arcanists? Um, bring Ramos back. Um, I'd love to see him come back out of Dead Man's Hand. I always liked Ramos thematically. Um, I don't miss him. I don't miss playing against him. Um, but I'd love to see uh, Ramos come back. Um, what, would I, what would I change about Arcanus? A Craig tax you know, plus two cost to every model. <laughs> Craig tax. Every time you play against me, you got to play yeah. 45 stones. I like that idea a lot. I'd still lose, but it would at least be a closer game. Um, so of all the factions, I think Arcanus have the best fluff. So this is going to go in a completely different direction. I would love to see more uh, writing about Arcanists and stories about Arcanists. And I'd like to see more about, I like to learn more about their characters. Um, I would like the first novel that comes from weird miniatures to center around Arcanists. Cause I think um, they are the most interesting and unique and, and just deepest from a fluff perspective. So that is a hundred percent, not what was asked, but that, that's probably the best <laughs> answer I can give. Yeah, that's a great answer, dude. Um, so here's a, here's a Friday night photon style question. <laughs> Wed, bed, behead. I might have got the order mixed up. Wed, bed, behead. Wed, bed, be- wed, Tony. Solid. Um, bed. I probably Karis. Um, behead. It has to be raspy. Yeah, I have to yeah, say yeah. raspy for bad, just because I'm scarred. And I'll tell you what, a raspy could be at the bottom of the curve, Cody. And I, it's still, I like the scars are deep. The scars are deep. I played against her in third, and she made me mad. Yeah, she was my first master in first edition, secretly. So surprise! Oh, yeah. Surprise! I've I've secretly been an arcanist this whole time. It um. <laughs> But, you know, I've been seeing on the, you know, I've been seeing people post and stuff saying Raspy's, Raspy's garbage, Raspy's weak, Raspy's not garbage, Raspy is not weak. Raspy in the right hands in the right pool is phenomenal. Yeah, I, I definitely think there's a lot of like creative freedom there that uh, could be played out. Yeah, there's a lot to be unlocked with her. And I don't, I'm not sure anybody's fully unlocked her. So John H asks uh, that you claim to be a bad player. However, you've had a ton of focused conversations with some of the best players in the world, like yours truly. Uh, <laughs> how has that helped him personally? Um, so one thing, how do I want to put this? <laughs> My, I am a bad player. Um, I do make a big of a joke of it. It's another sticky thing that I do because um, I get mileage out of it. Um, but I, I'm, not a, I'm not a secretly great player. Cody can attest to that. Um, but my, the reason I don't win, which is different than necessarily being a bad player, I guess, maybe. I don't know if I'm making a distinction that matters. The reason I don't win more is because I, I fall apart at the table. 
Um, I, I fall apart in the heat and, and my execution. And, but I know why I lose. Um, so when I finish a game, um, I'm not a bad player who's like, you know, I, well, I flipped a black joker and that's why I lost. No, I know why I lost because I like an idiot, you know, activated that model when I, my game plan was not to do that. But for some reason I thought that was a good idea, uh, at the time. So I, I execute poorly at the table. Um, but I think, um, and because partially because of this podcast, I think I understand the game. So I don't think the reason that I'm not a better player is because I don't understand the game. Um, I feel like I do have a decent grasp on what makes a good player good. Um, I think I can, when I watch a match, a battle report, and I, I think I could, after the end of the battle report, I could turn to somebody as knowledgeable as you, Cody, and I think you and I could have a healthy conversation on why that person won or lost. Um, but uh, what needs to happen is, you know, one, I need to play more. Uh, that's the only way I would get better at handling that um, in-game bad plays that I make. Um, but it's not exclusive to Malifaux. I do the same thing in MCP. I did the same thing in Warhammer. I did the same thing in Guild Ball. Um, I'm just, for whatever reason, I do not control my impulses at the table as well as I need to to be a top-tier player. Um, I don't accurately process new information as quickly as I need to um, to be good at the table. Um, so I think that, um, I'm probably a much better strategist than I am a tactician, if that makes sense. It does. And I think that, I think that really makes sense with my read to your play style is that, and and like your goals with gaming, like you don't, you're not like, I I've, I've mentioned, like, I've had a conversation with Travis about this. It's like, Craig is definitely a good player. He's just not like a hungry player, Mm -hmm. but you do what like what is your goal with gaming it's not to be the best or anything like that it's to uh play out the strategies and like you know see what works see what doesn't at least that's my read and i think that the outcome is less important to you than pretty much everything that happens before it no question Cody. that's a good read that's a good read i mean i ultimately what i love the most is standing across the table from somebody that i enjoy playing a game with and having that shared experience mm-hmm. um and um i mean there's there's people um that i play with that i love to play with them and i, don't, I literally don't give a shit who wins the game <laughs> i just i have so much fun at the table with that person at, you know, creating that shared experience. I mean, the one thing that's very unique about tabletop gaming is that it's a truly shared experience and both parties are responsible for, for making that a good shared experience. Um, so no, that's, that, yeah, that's not a bad read. What, what are you talking to Travis? Talking about Wayforth? Yeah. Yeah. Nova. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not currently. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we keep in touch. <laughs> Did you know Travis before that, or is that the first time you no, met Travis? I met him at the the Nova before that too. Oh, okay. Barely. Um, but no, we've had like a, a conversation and a half. But <laughs> we both know it was about me. We both know you. That's the that's like our <laughs> only connecting tissue. And I listened to his podcast. And the other thing too, just to be clear, to give Travis credit, the the uh, Craig is a bad player hangover comes from Max Value. So that was a running joke uh, yeah. on Max Value is that Craig's a terrible player, uh, and uh, you know, pooping. They got to the point towards the end of Max Value that they could not have an episode without, at some point, him making fun of what a bad player I am. So you're a bad player and a joke thief. All right. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, I think that transitions into Alex's questions really nicely. Um, what, how would you recommend players balance learning from experienced players and then innovating their own approaches, especially with all the content? So listen, so let's, you get a deep dive, right? On a master, either you play or that you're interested in playing. Soak it all in, but know that, 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 that there's no final answers being given. Um, and that, you know, I try to spend a lot of time curating and being very particular about who I bring on the show. Um, I have, I feel like I've picked up a pretty decent radar, um, and, um, have gotten decent at being able to know who would be both a good guest and, you know, has the, the knowledge to be, um, legitimate, uh, subject person, uh, master on there, but, um, take them in, take in the information, but don't go in there saying, you know, I'm going to play what they play. Listen to why they play it. So, um, if I, you know, talk to Cody about Parker, and Parker says that, you know, he likes to bring this upgrade on this model. Don't don't sit there and go, well, I'm going to bring in this upgrade on that model. Think what why what's Cody's thinking? Why does he like that upgrade on that model? And and how did Cody get to that decision? Because that's where you're going to learn. That's where you're going to get better. And that ties right into the innovation. And the other part of the innovation, it's why um I talk about, I mean, talking about broken record, you gotta play the freaking game. And and you've got to try stuff out and you have to have, you have to play the game enough that you can throw something in there. Is there a model you haven't been using? Play a game with it. See what happens. You know, there might, you might find a corner case or a way that it combines with somewhere else or combines in a situation at the table that, that you're not going to get reading the cards. Um, uh, and you know, my last bit of advice is, is don't be a, don't be a Malifaux player who doesn't play Malifaux. Um, and there's a ton of them out there in every game and they they exist in Malifaux, which is people that read the cards and then talk about them. Like they know what the hell they're talking about because that that's not true. Um, you cannot be an authority in Malifaux on anything if you haven't played it or played against it or both. Um, nobody can read the cards and, and really understand, um, how something's going to perform on the table. Yeah, I think that's a carryover from I, I think about this a lot. I think that's a carryover from card games is that yeah. like if you are literally reading the card, you think, well, oh, this has an exorcism and this is a summoner. So this counters this. But in actuality, the the space dimension changes everything so much where it's literally almost meaningless to know that something is good against something without understanding how something got to that point. And to that point, I think you do a really good job with like your um Pat to podiums and getting people yeah. to talk more about the process that got to the win instead of like, you know, read me your list. And then, you know, what models did you take? That stuff doesn't matter as much as the process. Yeah, you'll find if you listen to some Pat to podiums, you'll find times where I forget to ask him what they brought. And sometimes we'll go, well, should I tell you what I brought? I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that, I guess there's people <laughs> want to know that. Um, but yeah, to your point, that's what I try. That's what I try to find out Cody in those Pat to podiums is I want to know what were the key moments Right. When when did you know you were going to win the game and what led up to that point and what happened at that point? Because I think that's why we can listen to the path to podiums. If you listen to some of the outtakes at the end of some of those path to podiums, I've said it during some of those outtakes, like nobody gives a shit whether, whether yeah. you won or lost. Right. So if you're on the podium, nobody's listening to find out why you won. Why they're listening is there, you know, what can I learn from the fact that Cody placed first? Um, whether you brought Parker or, um, Hamlin doesn't matter to them, um, uh, why you brought Parker or why Hamlin won is what mm -hmm. can make them a better player. So I agree. Yeah. I think that, um, 
transitions well into another question I had. So in the three rollout, there were a lot of hot takes about which minis were too good, which rules were bad for the game, which mechanics were lost, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what, do, what was the community the most wrong about? And then what were you the most wrong about? Oh, boy. Um, I was the most wrong about ties. So my initial fear, um, and I tried to keep it to myself, though I'm sure I talked about it, um, is was the way the scoring system worked is I thought there was going to be mostly ties and that it was going to hurt the game. Um, and I don't see that playing out. Um, uh, so it, I thought it was going to be a really big deal and a really big problem. And um, I don't know if it is. So I would have to say it's probably my guess on where I was the most wrong. Um, but uh, I'm going to preface that, or I'm going to add to that a little bit and saying none of us freaking know. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, three came out two weeks ago. Um, as far as how much time people have been able to play three. Um, so I think we have a long way to go before we can really, you know, do anything. Um, and the first part of that question was, um, what did I think the community was wrong? Yeah. What do you think the community was most wrong about? Either mechanics wise or models? Yeah. yeah, I don't think that the community realized um, how balanced having a lot of really good models would end up being. Um, so I think one of the things that three had, I mean, you read you read all of these cards in three and it's just like you read this card, and you read this master. And you're like, holy crap, she's good. Then you read the next master. And you're like, holy geez, he's good because we all had second edition head. Right. We were comparing this third edition master to everything we knew in second edition. And so it seemed like all of the stuff was bonkers. And I think it was Varney that said it first, which is, you know, if everything's broken, then nothing's broken. I think that's kind of what happened. And what we realized in three is that it was shockingly balanced, though initially because we had this second edition hangover, um, it seemed like it was going to be incredibly unbalanced. But um, I feel like it is more balanced than two. But I also feel like that um, we had a lot more time to to figure out to um, we have not had that time with three. So three is going to have legs longer than two just by the sheer fact of that there's fewer games being played. Howdy, friends, Greg here. Nothing makes Malifaux easier than having the right tools. Here at the third floor, we love all the licensed Malifaux goodies from Custom Meeple. Not only are they helping support this podcast, they sell custom-made weird licensed tokens and terrain. They sell it all. Crew boxes, terrain, markers, tokens, and even a 3x3 full Malifaux board. Custom Meeple sells a complete M3E token set covering every marker and token you need to play. Custom Meeple are the source for the official accessories for Malifaux. Everything is designed by hand and authorized by Weird Games. Check them out at custommeeple.com. That's with one M. Or follow the link in the show notes. Up your Malifaux game and be sure to tell them Craig from the third floor sent you. If you use the promo code third floor friend, all one word, T-H-I-R-D-F-L-O-O-R-F-R-I-E-N-D, you'll get a 5% discount and help support the podcast. It's valid on everything except retail products and playmats. Uh, so here's a nice, easy question from Landon. Well, maybe it's maybe it's hard. I don't know. Um, do you find playing, podcasting, or organizing tournaments to be the most fun thing about Foe? It's not organizing tournaments. <laughs> um, so the only tournament I've really done was the uh, 
was the uh, GT that we had here in North Carolina. And that was stressful. Um, so freaking hats off to henchmen, man, that, that, that the people in your meta that are, are throwing tournaments, that stuff is hard work and you have no idea how much it sucks until you have to do it. Um, so make sure when we're back to playing and you have got your friend and your henchman or your buddy or whatever, that's organizing, getting people together and making those events happen. Gush, buy them a beer, buy their lunch, thank them. Two days later, thank them again. In the chat, thank them again. Like you want, you want to encourage that behavior because if you don't, they're going to burn out on you and you're not going to have games to play. And trust me, you don't want to be the guy doing it because it sucks. Um, but thank God people do it. Um, now, uh, I have, you know, when USFT was live, um, I did enjoy that. Um, cause I don't know if that's what the question was about. Um, I did like being, I felt very connected to all the metas because I was getting the data. Um, and I had, you know, key people in all the metas that helped me make sure I got the data. Um, and you know, the less games are being played. So I don't feel like I had the pulse as well, um, as I did back then. So I missed that. Um, but as far as producing content versus playing, uh, we have such a good meta here, man. And NC we're like, I miss the guys. I really, really do. Um, and like doing stuff like the camping trip that we did, um, recently and actually being able to spend time with people again and, and be across with them playing board games or playing, you know, we, we, we had Marvel crisis protocol out there cause it, it, uh, travels well. Um, like, man, talk about taking stuff for granted, Cody. Yeah. Like I, I miss it terrible. So I, I think playing first and foremost, um, but I, I love doing this too, man. I love shooting the shit with people. So I, I, I've been enjoying the podcast. Um, but I'd have to say playing podcasts and then <laughs> organizing. <at> the <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, uh, it's a thing you don't know what you got till it's gone sort of situation where uh, I've, I, I have like sort of a two man meta down here. And the one game I get to play a week for the past two months, uh, which is probably going away again because we're in our third spike. Um, yeah has been uh, quite a bit of a solace and we, we've been playing mass games the whole time and it's, it's not a problem. It's just, uh, it's, it's crazy how much when that's the only thing you get to do, how much you look for. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dude. Uh, you know, Jim, Jim is Jim and Paul are two people that, you know, protocols are such that I can have them up here and I've got to be super careful cause I'm immune compromised. Um, and like, you want to talk about looking forward, to every other week having one of those guys come up here and play a game with me. Like I'm like a kid. I'm like, I'm so yeah. excited. Jim's coming over, you know, it, um, it is something else. How about you? I'd be curious about you, Cody. D- did you create content for any other game or is this the first content creation you've done? Uh, definitely pod. I don't know. I blog or I, I don't know. I have, a, I post on my Instagram, a lot of painting because I am a very eh, prolific painter yeah that doesn't and then i would blog about my paint and shit like that well the thing we was talking about on the war machine podcast where like my goal was to fully paint the list i brought to a tournament and then win a tournament with every faction in the game i spent a lot of time writing about that process and like okay well now i found this list time to get gotcha. it up kind of stuff like that but i mean that was mostly like i would write a paragraph you know this is definitely yeah leaps and bounds more in terms of content creation for sure which is which is because because you've invited me onto this pod and it, this is fun so i started the pod with my buddy just because it's like it's fun to set up a, t- a time to just talk about 
fun stuff and that's all yeah. it really is and that's uh if, if we could have two listeners and we'd still you know do it that's why i don't have yep. yep. yeah oh, anyway what were you about to say uh you answered my question i was going to ask you what made you decide to start swamp fiends and you answered it <laughs> okay yeah and i didn't uh, even have to ask it we're so good nice. together cody yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, quite a few people ask this sort of question. So like Brian uh, Stones or Schemes, I forget what his last name is. It's one of the other. Yeah. Uh, he asked this, and Dan Brown also sort of asked this. Um, if you were in charge of changes to Malifaux, what sort of changes would you make in terms of erratas? Yeah, again, we're, we're getting into, I know nothing about, yeah, no, nothing about, um, games and um so guess what i'm going to answer a different question um that's kind of um along the same lines um here's what i would love to see happen with malifo is i would love to see them start putting out the equivalent of black library um i think that one of the biggest untapped uh minds in the world of malifo is the lore and i think that um I think the stories are awesome. <laughs> I think listening to the stories on the broadcast pod is phenomenal, but um, I th- would love to see, you know, a book series um, that, that starts from the beginning and, and really takes it through. And um, I don't know, I feel like that's a huge untapped thing. And I don't think I'm the only one. I think there's a lot of people out there that if they put out a book series that was set in Malifaux, that it would just get consumed. Yeah, that would be so awesome. <laughs> like it an arcanist book the arcanist novel something like that would be great if it was an audio book i would listen to it that'd be great yep. um yeah that sounds sweet okay ambrose asks uh, the relationship between the fluff of malifaux and its mechanics leads to immersive experiences even during high level competitive play do you know any other games uh, and it could be uh not even in this type or genre that succeeds so well in that regard uh not as well. So I think I think Malifaux um, does that exceptionally well, especially for it being an original IP. Um, uh, so um, and it's the little details, man. It's the it's the name of the abilities. Um, it's it's the um, it's the humor um, that's that's woven throughout Malifaux while still being a deadly serious and you know pretty perverse universe it's the humor um and how it's just sewn through it the model names the ability names uh i think marvel crisis protocol does a great job of that and um i mean the reason i enjoy the game is because it feels like i i well like i put the avengers on the table and they feel like the avengers when i'm activating captain america and you know throwing a shield i can see captain america throwing a shield so um i the biggest selling point i think for marvel crisis protocol is it, it it feels like what it's supposed to be which is you know superheroes battling um so i think for me probably marvel crisis protocol is, is second to that um you know and then it's not even the same but you know i love role playing man I love it. I love running a game. I love listening to games. So actual play podcasts. I love and actual play on YouTube. I love, um, I love being a player. I've been, um, been playing again, uh, as a player, which I haven't had a chance to do in forever. And, um, it, um, it's for me, it's always been the ultimate version of gaming role playing. So it's nice to do it again. Great. 
Yeah, I've listened to your Star Wars role playing stuff. That's pretty sweet. Even though, <laughs> even though I'm a Return of Jedi fan, so interpretation is <laughs> a little I... weird to me. At some point, maybe we got to do a bonus episode, dude, because we have got because you and I have had a phenomenal conversation about Empire Strikes Back versus Jedi and how that defines you as a generation as a person. That's it, dude. I'm gonna we're gonna figure that out. We're gonna do that as a bonus episode. We can do it on Swamp Fiends or we can do it here, but it's a good conversation. No, thanks. I'm, I'm not looking forward to getting completely ostracized from every minis gaming community. <laughs> We're having the different opinion. The one, yeah, yeah, but one not the same you. opinion. All right, so, all right, so uh, we're not going to do this right now, but I, I got to like I got to explain to people listening. So, Cody on the chat here in the NC chat, I can't remember how it started, but it comes out that Cody says Jedi, Jedi is the best of the original trilogy, and forty, you know, forty, almost fifty year old Craig is like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, of the three, it's the weakest, and like. Empire Strikes Back is the greatest. So immediately it's, you know, I'm the expert, of course, because that's me. And I'm like, Cody's an idiot. I thought Cody's a pretty smart guy. But like suddenly I realized that like there's one thing that Cody's an idiot about. But then we had the conversation and I don't think you're right still. But now I understand. And that's big. So even though I disagree with you, it was a really fascinating conversation, Cody. And it um uh, you did a very good job of helping me understand why you're wrong. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and the last Jedi is the best of the new, new, uh, trilogy. So people can hate me for uh, that. I don't disagree with, um, oh. but all, uh, all three of them were garbage. Um, I think they were just bad movies. Garbage. Uh, they were bad, badly constructed movies, but the closest one to being a decent movie was by far the second one. Um, or no, no. Yeah, that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, the second of the three, right? Last Jedi, the one that was done by What's-His-Nuts. Um, that was the best movie of the three of them, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best constructed of them. Uh, the third one, the last one, I enjoyed as a fan. I enjoyed the movie, but um, it's a bad movie. <laughs> and and here, you, want a, you want a hot take that'll get people going? Solo is better than all three of them. Oh, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Like, yeah. I love Solo. Uh, it's like my wife liked the third one of the new tri- she cried in the the third of the new trilogy she cried she's like i under i i think i'm a star wars fan now i'm like why that's the that's the only bad one <laughs> <laughs> okay but that but that that segues nicely into a question from kelly from weird she asks um what is your favorite movie genre my favorite movie genre um boy that's not easy um my favorite movie genre, it's probably science fiction, like good science fiction, though. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I love Star Wars. I love Star Trek. Um, uh, I love light stuff. But then like The Expanse, you know, that's that type of sci fi where it's 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 really pushes things. The Asimov style sci fi that really gets your get your brain burning or uh, Ex Machina has been one of my favorite movies uh, in the last 10 years because that movie like it made me think and, and pushed it. So I would say, you know, yeah, like sci fi that really that really gets the most out of it. I'm just now watching the second season of um, uh, Westworld, which I, I, st- I kind of got I, I, the first season. I was like, OK, this is good. But then kind of like petered out at the end of the first season. So I had no interest in watching the second season, kind of ran out of shit to watch because of covid. So I started watching the second season and I'm almost done with it. It's phenomenal. 
it's phenomenal because mm. it's really it does what good science fiction does, which is it's not it's not the setting, it's the subject. And we're going to we're going to take advantage of the fact that we have don't have the limits in the setting that we would some in another setting, because um, even fantasy has more restrictions than science fiction. So, yeah, probably that probably Great. that greatest movie ever made. The only perfect movie ever made Casablanca there. That's a question you didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need to. We're in. Like you said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so also from weird, uh, they asked, what is your favorite episode of your podcast? Oh boy. Um, my favorite episode of the podcast. Um, I don't have, I don't, I don't think I have a, uh, I take that back. I think the first expert roundtable episode is my favorite. Um, and, um, who was that? That was, it was Doxy, Varney, and Bynum. I'm trying to remember who, the, and Bynum. Yep. Um, that was my, that's probably my favorite episode. Second favorite is probably the second roundtable that I did. Um, yeah, I think that one was better. It was a lot better. It, um, but the reason that the first one was my favorite was it was not a deep dive, which is kind of the only thing I'd been doing up to that point. And it, it it's when I felt like I got my sea legs as a host, um, kind of controlling the the discussion and, and keeping the discussion moving, pivoting on the discussions when it needed to pivot and hopefully keeping it interesting. Um, I feel like I got my sea legs um, in that round table. So that for that reason, that's probably my favorite episode. My favorite pods to do right now or the insider insight series those are my favorites also from weird they wanted they asked uh, if you have a favorite in-game moment god it's been so long since i played <laughs> um favorite in-game moment oh god this is gonna be the first question i can't answer um beauty of editing i can sit here and think for a second I don't have a favorite in-game moment. Probably the biggest high um, I've gotten gaming was uh, the run I had at Nova. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 2018 run I had where uh, I went into, uh, it's the first time I've ever played a top table at a big tournament. Um, and um, it's the best I've ever done. And uh, I felt Alec on my game. Uh, the one game that I lost, I know why I lost it. And I knew when I was losing it um i knew the games i was winning i knew i was going to win the game and um i I can't explain to you like that typically doesn't happen to me right i i but like i felt like i like i felt on top of that was the best i've played um Mm -hmm. and to play five gate five rounds and tie one lose one and win the rest that's the best i've ever done so that's probably my the high for me as far as malifaux gaming yeah that's a beautiful part of these games is that you can be in the zone and you can start seeing the matrix and all your decisions become easy. Like every tournament I've won, I felt like I usually knew I was going to win at the end of round one. It's like, okay, I'm seeing the matrix today. So this shit's going to be easy. (laughs) Yeah. And that, that, that uh, shocker, it doesn't happen to me all the time, but it happened to me over those two days. And it was, it was really cool to see the game the way I was seeing the game. Yeah. It was great. You went four, you went won four rounds undefeated and then lost in the fifth, right? So I went, yeah, I, I, uh, no, no, no. I went, uh, three wins, a tie, then a loss to Jesse. Um, so that was top table, um, that I lost, uh, in round four. 
and then I tied, tied round five. Okay, great. Hi, I'm Alexander Zdanchuk from Riga, Latvia, and I'm a patron of Third Floor Wars. Those guys open the beauty of Malifaux 3rd Edition to me and continue to provide tons of great content. You can support them too. Follow the links in the show notes below or search for Third Floor Wars at patreon.com. What is it worth to you to get this podcast on a weekly basis? Is it worth a dollar a month? $5 a month? $20 a month? If you'd like to help support the work that we're doing here on Third Floor Wars, please go buy our Patreon. We're at patreon.com slash thirdfloorwars. There you can pledge at any level, any dollar amount. Whatever you give us will help us put out quality content on a regular basis and hopefully make tabletop gaming a little bit better for you every week. Hey, need to give a special shout out to some of our newest patrons. A big thanks goes out to Bob Fletcher, Old Doc Fulton, Joseph Pye, Loke Walmo, Nicholas Prinzing, Darth8952, Sven Hoffman, Mike Schmidt, and Peter DeArmas. The only reason we're able to put out content on a regular basis is because of you guys and gals. Thanks a ton. I wanted to ask this question when we were talking about other systems, but I didn't get a chance to. So I'm going to spear, you know, just shove it in right here. Um, you talk on other pods and a little bit on your pod about the modern rule set, uh, you know, with Guild Ball, Marvel Crisis Protocol, Malifaux, but all of these things uh, that sort of take the modern rule set to heart are skirmish games. Um, so I wonder. Who do you think could create a modern rule set rule set with an army scale game? Um, so I can tell you who I hoped did it, and that was uh, I hope that Fantasy Flight Games had did it with uh, Star Wars Legion. Uh, part of the reason I love Star Wars, so it wasn't a hard sell for me to try it out. Um, but at first glance, I thought, oh, wow, this might be like an army level game, a non-skirmish game that does it. Um, the problem is in typical fantasy flight fashion, they got a little too cute. Um, so they've got lots of clever things in that game, but there's too much of it and it becomes too fiddly of a game. They would have been better off spreading it out over two different games or three different games. So they didn't quite do it there. Um, though I hear that they were more successful with it at, with Armada, but that's not really an army level game. Um, who would I put my money on? Um, right now, I think the best designed miniature games are coming out of Weird and coming out of Steamforged. Um, so that's per, where I'd put my money. Um, and we're saying that when the other side exists. Um, so it's possible it's already happened. But to a certain degree, and I've talked to enough people that play the other side, the other side is a big army game is a skirmish game pretend like pretending to be a big army game, but it yeah. really is still kind of a skirmish game. Um, but I think it'd be a challenge. Uh, I think it's much easier to do in a skirmish game, but you know, the key is, is that it, you've got to be streamlined. And one of the examples that I use when I try to explain this concept to people is how um, Marvel crisis protocol handles um, height. So um, not to get too deep into it, but they, they grossly oversimplified height. Everything literally is 2D, more than even Malifaux. And um, 
if uh, if I can punch a guy that's two inches away from me, it doesn't matter if I am at the top of a building or at the bottom of the building. If I from the top down, I'm two inches away. I can punch you. So height literally doesn't matter in the game <clears throat> except uh, for movement. Right. So it can it can impact whether I can move or not and slow me down. Um, the ability to streamline and find out that we don't need to simulate everything. We don't have to be infinity. Um, we don't have to have true line of sight there, that the streamlining is good for the game and ma- and it makes the game better. That's, you know, a, a big piece of it. And it's hard to do with a, a ship ton of models. And, and it's ambitious, right? A company yeah. definitely go out of business taking a swing like that. You know, that's, that's, that's a really game. that's a good point. Um, because that's that's it's much harder to get people to buy big army games, and it's much harder to to put your neck out there and produce that. Um, it's uh, skirmishes are a much easy easier Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I think we just got one or two more. Um, this one comes from Loke. Uh, he says, "What is Craig's normal job? And if he could live off third floor wars, would he?" Uh, my normal job is I work for uh, one of the big consulting companies, uh, one of the big three, um, and I work in their tax um, practice, um, though I'm not a CPA. Um, I do come from a financial background, though, but I am uh, a manager, which is um, basically I'm one away from partner um, in, in the firm. And I do um, I'm I, I'm an ex programmer and an ex uh, DBA. And I'm client facing. So where I have found my niche is um, I can run a team of developers and I understand that world and I understand that language. Um, I can also be the client, main client contact, and I can be the face um, uh, with the client. So uh, they they consider me the unicorn uh, a lot of times because usually someone's good at one or the other, but not both. So I, where I found my career is my ability to uh, explain technology to the non-technical to explain clients to the technical and being able to, to bridge that gap and, and have a foot in both worlds. Um, it's super boring. Um, it is a lot of hours, um, but it pays the bills and allows me to do what I love to do. Um, so, uh, I'm very lucky in that respect. Would I live, want to live off of third floor wars? Um, probably not. But that's easy to say because I haven't had the chance, right? <laughs> so let's pretend that suddenly uh, this blows up to a level that I would have to make the decision or, or it was even an option because it's not an option now. Um, it's barely, I think, um, I'll be lucky to break even this year um, because of how generous everybody has been. Um, and I'm not complaining. It's amazing that I'm breaking even um, at this point. But um, uh, so it's you saying no is, is kind of asinine because I don't think it'll ever happen um, unless I started wanting to put out. The only way you can do that is to put out 40K content. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. Um, I'm not going to do it uh, talking to Jamie Perkins and uh, doing episodes about Rumble Slam. Um, it's, <laughs> you know, I'd have to I have to I have to be a GW podcast to even dream to to make a living at it, um, which is not going to happen. So that, there's that. But funny little story is uh one of my big hobbies in college was uh, sleight of hand magic um being a magician and loved it in the same way that i love tabletop gaming that's what i loved then um and there was a period of time where i seriously considered making a crack at making a living doing it and so i started started doing it professionally not full-time and it didn't take long before i realized that i didn't like doing it anymore 
and it, it destroyed my love of the hobby and the, the love of doing it. And I've, and I've never regained it back. So I think what I would be afraid of is um, I, th- I think I would not love tabletop gaming as much as I do if it was my full-time job. So, dude, why are you not cheating at Malifo? <laughs> I could. I could. Next time we hang out, I'll, I'll show you some card tricks with the fake tech next time we hang out. He's <laughs> like, wait, that's the fourth time he's played Joker this turn? And what? to be honest with you, I'm so good that I have been, and you never effing know. The real question is, is why, how can you cheat so well and still lose? <laughs> yeah, you must be real bad, dude. <laughs> All right. So this last question got sent in by like 20 people. It's like the most popular question. Um, They said, uh, when will Cody, I I guess that's me, Cody. uh, When will he get a cut of the profit from the floor head shirts? (laughs) A lot of people, did they send that in? Yeah, like 25 people. Oh, that's amazing, Cody. And it's, it's crazy that that would be such a popular question. And... What like, what were the chances that I would want you to host this segment? And that to be that's, just, that's amazing. It's amazing how that comes together, Cody. Um, how about this, buddy? I will I will give you here's what I'll give you. Next time I see you, I will give you 50% of my profits on the currently sold shirts. And then, and that'll cover we've had those shirts out there for a year now. And I will give you an advance for the next four years. <laughs> So the next time I see you, I'll buy dinner. Nice. I I I, I thought the question was going to be, uh, we've lost money on those. <laughs> no, we haven't. So it, it's print on demand. It doesn't cost me anything. Okay. Um, and, but our profit margin, like every time we sell a T-shirt, I think I make a buck fifty, two bucks on it. Um, nice. Uh, so, uh, I, and you know, by all means, if you like, like, don't buy the shirts if you're trying to help us. Um, buy the shirts because you want one. Um, you know, if you want to help us, baby, be a, be a just throw us a buck a month as a patron. Um, but, um, I'll say buy the shirt. Uh, if you don't, I'm going to kick in. You're in the Swamp Fiends Discord. I'm kicking you out. <laughs> you must have a picture of you in a floor head shirt. You're gone. Well, actually, you know what, dude? I have lost money on the floor head shirt because I paid for the artwork. Um, <laughs> so that's that's actually true. Um, I'm going to <laughs> Um, uh, I hired, um, it was Eleanor that I hired, who's a phenomenal artist. Yeah. Um, and she put the concept together and she gave me a a ridiculously low quote for original artwork. And and especially when I didn't really know what I wanted and she helped me kind of figure it out. Um, so I, and I mean, I don't, I really don't care. It was cool to have it like have her create original artwork that's mine now you know and like mm-hmm. that and we have a name and you know just the whole thing's cool so i don't care <laughs> i don't care to ever break even on it um but uh yeah it's a cool t-shirt so go buy one <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have to get another one i definitely outgrew mine with my quarantine 15 so I'm gonna have to give me a second order <laughs> get the xl <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right, man. I think that's uh, that's all the questions we have. I just um... so the one last thing, Cody, is um, uh, Kelly at Weird. She obviously sent in some questions from the from the office, which was super nice of her. Um, but she also did something else, which um, I didn't expect, but it doesn't surprise me because uh, those guys and gals down there have been so good to us here. Um, but um, she wants me to give away three uh, surprise gifts from Weird to kind of celebrate this 100th episode. Um, 
and I have been racking my brain. She, and she wants it to be random, which I agree with. I like the idea of it being a raffle type thing, uh, but it's a little tricky um, because we're recording this weeks before it's released. Um, so I've been trying to figure out some ideas, Cody. And I want to brainstorm with you. Like, so one of the things I thought of is uh, say, you know, th- this will there'll be a post on Facebook from the Third Floor Wars Facebook page that'll have this episode talk, you know, touting it, and maybe for everybody who shares that post um we'll pick randomly from that group um or do you think there's a better idea that would still be random you could pick from your patreon subscribers you know what (laughs) and that was my that was my first thought cody but the problem is is that if patreon found out i did that they would cut me off you cannot randomly give stuff away to patrons really uh, yep and i there's a, a i i thought it was stupid until i thought about it some more and i realized you can create an incredible gambling scheme in, uh, through patreon hmm. if you did Hard. if you did it right so if i said you know if i said to my patreons i'm going to give a hundred dollars a month to one random person all you have to do is be my patron for a dollar yeah um so i understand why they do it so um uh, i'm i do but real quick to that point i do want to do more than just early ad free episodes for my patrons and I've got some ideas so they can look forward to more, but that doesn't answer the problem I've got. So how, how do we want to give away these generous three uh, surprise gifts from weird? Well, I think you have plenty of Facebook visibility. So I think you should do Twitter, like have whoever retweets the, the tweet and that'll give you a lot more visibility on that platform, which is probably less than your Facebook. I love it. Perfect. So here's the deal. Uh, this episode's going to be, uh, it's mid-December right now while you're listening to this. Um, when uh, it the episode will be released on, let's look at the calendar real quick. It'll come out on the 8th. Um, there will be a tweet um, touting the episode. And uh, everybody who retweets it between the 8th and let's say Christmas. Um, so on the 26th of December, I will take a look at all of the retweets of that post of that tweet, and I will randomly pick three of you and you guys will win, uh, gifts generously provided by weird. So Kelly and everybody at weird, I appreciate you offering that. And, uh, for those of you listening right now, you can go to our Twitter feed, uh, at third floor wars, and, uh, you should be able to find it in our feed, just retweet it and that'll make you eligible. Um, Cody, man, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I appreciate having me on, dude. A hundred episodes is crazy. And I definitely want to thank you from all the floor heads for producing all of this. I mean, like it's super, I, I, if you could, if I ran like a statistical model predicting the success of third edition, I'm pretty sure that you would be like, just your podcast would be a very significant like chunk there. Oh, I so, appreciate that, man. Thank you. I know, I know that we all appreciate the ups and, uh, all the great stuff. Well, and you know, thanks to all the listeners. Um, there's already been a segment, um, either before or after this, I'm not sure where, when I piece this episode together, where I'm going to spend some time thanking a lot of people. Um, but, um, the support is what has made this just awesome. Um, and it's not just the patrons, it's everybody, uh, sending kind words and saying nice things like you just did. So thank you, Cody. Thank you. All right, guys, let's go ahead and take a break. Howdy friend, Craig here. Is this episode making you realize you need to buy some models? Gadzooks Gaming is my favorite online retailer because of their large selection, killer prices, and great customer service. Don't you hate buying an entire crew box when you only need one model? Gadzooks sells crew box models individually and saves you a ton of money. They even have free shipping to the US and Canada if you spend $100 or more. 
Swing by gadzooksgaming.com and make sure you tell them Craig from the third floor sent you. All the details are in the show notes. It's always a blast chatting with Cody. Before we listen to a bunch of the flubs and outtakes from the past 100 episodes, I need to do some shout outs. You may hear my voice the most on this pod, but there are a ton of people that make it happen. For starters, you. Yeah, you. The person who takes the time to listen to my episodes. The 100 episodes that have been listened to more than 150,000 times. I remember the early ones, they only got a handful of listens. Now I release the pod at 1 a.m. my time, and by the time I get up, it's got several hundred listens uh, just while I was sleeping. Now know that without Ray, there is no Third Floor Wars and there is no podcast. He helped a dope like me learn how to edit and make things sound good. He's always been there to help me and to answer questions. Some of my favorite episodes are the ones he's hosted. James Doxey, Paul Regina, Donald Kroger, and Brian Power were some of the first guests on the show. Bless them, they suffered through a host that knew nothing about what he was doing. Hats off to Steve Bynum and Jamie Varney, who gave us the pod's first couple deep dives. Uh, we've done many since and got many more to go on, but I can't wait to have Steve and Jamie back on the show again. We've got to tip our hats to Kelly, Matt, Kyle, and everyone else at the Weird Office. Not only do you guys make the best mini game in the market, but you also support what we do here, and we appreciate it. Special note to our sponsors and advertisers. You guys are the best. Uh, special thanks to Schooner Labs, Mats by Mars, Custom Meeple, Spotify, and Gadzooks Gaming. The support from them and the people at TT Combat and Redgrass Games make a difference. Make sure you check them out. Supporting them is supporting us. I'll never forget the day that we announced our Patreon. It's well over a year ago now. Uh, there was 10 people that signed up immediately. Jesse Ellis, James Hahn, Sam Newman, Nick Westbrook, Jim Ortiz, Kevin Smith, Dan Brown, and Keith Suderman, along with Matt Riddle, DZ, and Matt Cole. Those guys and gals and the other 100 patrons are why this podcast isn't a losing venture, along with being a labor of love. Lastly, Nick Westbrook, Craig Chuba, and Kevin Smith. Uh, the three of you are by far the most generous of all of our patrons. And uh, if any of you guys know Nick, Craig, and Kevin or cross their path, make sure you uh, thank them for being they're doing their part in making all of this happen. All right, enough gushing. Sit back and enjoy 15 or so minutes of me and some of the guests screwing up, making jokes, laughing, and just having fun. Enjoy. All right. Who wants to start off with second level play? I don't think anything I do is good. I just play. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. I've got to figure out where to put that first break. We picked up a new sponsor, so I had to add a break, and I don't like where it is, but I'll get over it. He started I... swimming in his bathtub of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm making, Tom, I'm making tens of dollars on this podcast. I don't think I actually answered a question. I'd get lost sometimes. <laughs> You're barely listenable, Nick. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, no. oh yeah, let me talk about something else. No, <laughs> I, you're fine. It's my it's my job as the host to to, yeah. to direct things. So if, if I feel like I've asked something you haven't answered, I'll ask you again. Don't worry. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I feel like a lot of podcasts where some of the guests just ramble about random stuff end up being the most interesting. Well, it's part uh, of... Yeah, it's part of what I like. It's not overly excessive. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And that's it's one of the things like I want... That's why I try to turn 
this into a conversation as fast as possible. Yeah. Um, and it's also why um, I don't, I don't, you know, say, here's all the questions I'm going to ask. I'm not going to ask any other questions um, because I just want to kind of see where things go. And I've learned to control things as a host so I can, you know, if I think you're going in a place that nobody gives a shit about, I'll, you know, I can bring it back. So, but that's not your job, Nick. That's mine. Yeah. So when we get into the pool here, um, uh, my first question for you guys is, is she just good in everything because of this flexibility? No. <laughs> okay, good, good. So what no, I'll do, no, I'll no, start... Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, good. Yeah, well, I guess reckoning so, she'd blow, right? Yeah, she's um, so not great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a good segment. Sorry that I'm rambling so much. I think I'm quite nervous about this, actually. I've not actually had to speak about... Like, I'm really good at doing my games, but if Alex asks me afterwards, how did it go? I'm like, I have no idea what just happened. This <laughs> <laughs> goes into some weird never-born yeah, mode. She gets possessed. Exactly. Like, I've played so many games of Malifaux that I'm just like, I don't know, I scored some points. Dreamer probably summoned something. And it just happens now, sort of like passively. Oh, that's funny. Just early there, right? I'm just summoned, like, you know... A, demon and just make up a, like a creature for it and just you know. yeah oh, just sort of I'm sort of exposed to Malifaux I don't play it, it just sort oh, of so <laughs> yeah. 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 roll back she starts flipping cards <laughs> I would advise then Emma because I, I occasionally make them the, the terrible error of listening to these back um, oh, and, no. um, oh, never do that Oh, I know. Just like, just I'm just like got sat there going like, what on earth am I gibbering about? Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend that. I'm so glad there's not a camera because I'm doing so many hand movements while I'm trying to explain <laughs> what I'm talking funny. about. Sure. Uh, just like, should we start from when you start recording again, or or when you when you come back from break? Fine, dude. We'll do it on. We'll do it live. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's gonna be fun to edit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this whole episode, dude. I'm so sorry. Ah, that's all right. And of course, it's the I'm one on again. Patreon that got voted as the one they want next. Well, guess what, kids? Oh, it ain't coming next. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, his charging cable is buried. Because uh, I can hear. I don't know if you've seen Oliver's house, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> now my actually, he's a really clean person. Actually, my house is way dirtier. Oh, like... dude, my house is clean until you get to the third floor. <laughs> yeah. uh, Daniel's been up there, so you like walk oh, yeah. up, and it's yeah. just like, There's, oh, so Craig's like ordered. That's cool. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you like clear off the table just to play a game. Just oh, like, dude, push it's, it along. it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> Every weekend, I'm like, I'm going to clean clean up up here and I end up doing something else. Yeah, do you have more inventory than most game stores up there? Oh, it's it's embarrassing. It, <laughs> and what's worse, Daniel, is as much inventory as you see, like, on the third floor, that's a third. The other two-thirds oh, is in the attic behind the door. Uh, is it also unbuilt, or? <laughs> oh, most of it's, dude, most of it's sealed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, and shit I'll never do. Like, I'll never touch. Um, yeah. And I don't know. What I miss? Uh, nothing. We're just making fun of you. Craig's trash pile. It's third uh, floor. <laughs> just models that you're never gonna build. Yeah. Oh yeah, just yeah. 
<laughs> so wrapped up last week. That's great. Daniel made the comment, I have more inventory than most game stores. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah. All right, I will start us off on round two. Give me one second. Cool. Bueno, dudes. I had to resist chiming in about Soulstone Miners like the last four minutes. <laughs> oh, God, it's such oh, a... yeah, Alflink. It's a good scheme for Arcanist, yeah. really? Yeah, really? Oh, really? That's... Boy, boy. That's nice, nice, nice hot take. <laughs> so halfway through my little speech about Euripides, I realized that you didn't play against Euripides. It was Matt. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like well, yeah. you're probably sitting there going, "What the fuck is Craig talking about?" <laughs> you can splash that into some tension. Oh, I'm gonna make it editing magic to sound like it was like never happened. Are you kidding me? I'm, oh, I'm an <laughs> idiot. I, I just added to sound sound competent. Oh, no, you're the section. Uh, so yeah, no, I, that'll I'll flip that over to the, my discussion with Matt, and people are gonna be like, "God, Craig's insight on Euripides is amazing." <laughs> the problem is I brought it up into an outcast versus outcast match. <laughs> All right. Tell you what, guys, the three of us have a pretty good groove. Well, you know, you know we, we've been broadcasting to dozens of listeners for two years now. <laughs> Yeah, but but I guess what I'm saying is that when you get a third voice in there, sometimes things oh, yeah. don't work, and I'm 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 happy with how the three of us work together. I like it. Well, I mean, we and this just Chris and I. Like, I'll have to send you our first episode. Sometimes it's it's not good. <laughs> we we kind of learned when to kind of shut up and stop talking over yeah. each other. Yeah, well, but uh, we did hit a nice groove by our third episode because that's the We Hate Farmers episode yeah. where I like bitched about the farmers being broken <laughs> in Gilball. And by, by that one, then we had like, we had found a, found a brand, right? Like that was the first epic rant that I went on. And that one, like, uh, that will always be a top episode for us. I say, even if we're still working out kinks. Besides our season four spoiler episode, we got Hunter's season four stuff and we released it before anybody else did. Which we got like something crazy, like a thousand down, like downloads right 1300, off. 1300, don't sell nice. a short. But that farmer's episode until that point was like our most downloaded episode just because how funny it was. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so like you, you need to listen to this, these fucking wackos. <laughs> yeah. Put us on the map. Oh, that's yep. funny. All right. All right. So I'm going to bring it back, and James will start with you, okay? Cool. Uh, that means I probably should have some idea what I did. Uh, cool. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, shit, I made notes on this and left it downstairs. <laughs> it's okay, my notes are, are you've missed me said to point out that my notes are in a different town, so. Oh, no. Uh, that's fine. Just make it up. Uh, just completely make it up. Yeah, this is it. I'm just going to, I'll dip into some mild slander as well, so uh, we'll test great editing skills. <laughs> that's funny. All right. Is your uh, is that your cue to edit that out? Yeah, it's funny you say that. Like it, it has inadvertently become like a visual cue when I'm editing. Nice. So I'll see. Yeah. I know exactly what that looks like. And, and when I'm editing, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to cut this one or I effed up. Um, yeah, I can see I, that in mind, but I do it with audio because obviously we don't have video format. But um, yeah, I'll see like a break or a spike or one that looks like an um. I'm like, okay, that's where we're editing that out. I used to, I mean, I know what my ums look like. Um, 
when I'm editing, but I do it so often that I just can't. Oh, trust me, Craig. I, I know from the episode we had John. I was like, God damn, Craig, how many? <laughs> like, and and, and I, tr- I tried to be self-aware of it. No, no awareness whatsoever. That's fine. That's fine. We got you. Where it's worse is when I'm GMing. Like, if you go listen to some of my live play stuff of me running uh, the Star Wars games, like, it's, it's effing painful. Well, I think like, where I think where I noticed it is the more prepared you are, the less you have it. Yeah. And then like when you were on ours, we didn't really have an agenda. So you, you were just kind of thinking off the top of your head and there was a lot more because of that. So do you guys want to hear before we bring it back in? Do you want to hear my Sophie's choice? Someone walks up to me and says, Craig, you could either make Soulstone Miners no longer exist or spider swarms. What are you picking? <laughs> oh, shit, that ain't easy, nope. man. <laughs> it was good, ladies. Uh, one question for you. Oh, God damn it, Owen. You're so fucking difficult. <laughs> Can you... Is the mic picking up my cat, like, losing no. his shit? Okay, all right. No, I would have said something. You're good. Right, cool. He's like... Meow, meow, yeah. Yeah, have you tried feeding them? That's I've heard that's a thing. <laughs> All right, cool. Like to what? All right, that's good. Did Chris come back? Uh, I've been on here. Yeah, you you dropped for a little bit. But the good news is you're okay. just like just like with um, Zencaster's recording locally. So <laughs> this is the worst part of Craig's show. This is where I hit my thirty second forward. Damn ads. <laughs> Whatever you should you you should be listening and getting the promo codes and then I do. Be able so to buy stuff. when I do like Matt, like eventually I'll do an order probably for Matt and something, and I'll probably use Craig's code. But I'd appreciate not. it if you did. Yep. But no, it's, I mean it's, it's it's a lot of the same ads. So I get it. <laughs> uh, but if you were a Patreon, you wouldn't have to listen to the fucking things. That's fair. <laughs> All right. I'll bring us back. Yeah. What her limitations are. And it, again, it comes down to like when I'm approaching the pool. Like if you think in any yeah, way it, that it, makes me think, Robert, that swarms aren't stupid, then you're wrong. Oh, don't don't get me wrong. I don't get me wrong. I think that they're, they're stupid. Ridiculous. <laughs> Next segment, you guys. I I have not have no Shenlong players in my local meta. So don't I worry, I have plenty to rant about. All right, cool. And I also do, I also haven't played against very many spider swarms, so those two things, oh, Craig. Fuck those models. Um, about that whole thing. Um, I had a fucking question. I can't think what the fucking question was. Um, <laughs> had it in my head. Fuck. Uh, it was a good one too. Um, right before we went to that other direction, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Um, all right, give me a second. I can I can jump off of uh, what Matt was saying about uh, aggressor defender. Yeah. Uh, yep. You... Go ahead and start fresh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, I completely agree. Uh, so, Jim, welcome to the third floor. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh God, I called you Jim. I'm going to try that again. <laughs> one, one one fucking name I wasn't supposed to say. All right. Um, all right. Give me a second. Kevin, I want to start with you and kind of get your take on gaining ground zero. Does that sound all right? Um, are you good to start with Kyle? That's <laughs> sure. <okay? laughs> 
Sorry, I just, it would be, I, I think, uh, this is, I mean, Kevin, are you drunk it'd just be better for me if that's okay. No, I'm definitely not. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'll start with Are you sure? <laughs> I'll start with God. 100% sure. God, I hate Tara so much. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> was that like your first time, John, really like seeing? It was. Uh, yeah. It, it, I saw I saw a bit of it on the live stream. I didn't catch yeah. the, the entire game. And I still, you have to see it oh. in person to understand what you, is about to happen. You have to have very uh, particular target selection because if you just let certain models slip to turn five, uh, it's a yeah. free three to four point swing. Yeah. Like, you have to know what to kill. There are moments when you go up against Tar where you're like, like, I, I got nothing. Like, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do to answer any I know, of this that's, bullshit. That's what my yeah. entire game was. The past tokens are, are yeah. pretty big MPE, but she wouldn't function without them. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised I haven't seen more Yoko players playing like Brandon's talk about, where it's like, I've seen so many Yoko, like, every time I've seen Yoko, they're using the past tokens for that lever, that the plus flips. Like, that seems like such a massive waste of that resource. Like yeah, pass yeah, that is pretty are inefficient. Busted. Like <laughs> activation control is busted. Yeah, yeah. I actually took her into a tournament this weekend and almost made one of my local players quit because he thinks Yoku is now the uh, the easy button. He just <laughs> ripping his control hand apart. He had no control hand every turn. Yeah, negative flips on everything. It was just bad. You know, it's funny. I had that same experience at Nova, and I was ready to quit that game. Yeah, yeah. And I still won it. I still won uh, it. And I, the whole time, I was like, I don't want to be here. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, w w the thing about her is that she's so different. And it, the first time you go up against her, you're like, what the hell is going on right now? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And you, as as Malfo players, we are so reliant on our control hands. Like we build everything around it, and. You have something that can aggressively attack it like that, and it, that's brutal. All right, I'll bring us back for round four. Well, that's it. I've got a ton of episodes already recorded and scheduled to kick off the next 100. Stay tuned for Insider Insights with the makers of Delta Green, published Malifaux writers and artists, roundtables with people like Jamie Perkins, James Doxey, James Baldwin, Cody Hyatt, and several others. We've got deep dives lined up and recorded for Perdita, Reva, Von Schill. Lots of content still to go. Most importantly, you stuck around to the end? Thanks for listening to this and any of the other episodes. Take care. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch so you don't miss uh, the avalanche of content we create. Links are in the show notes. Be sure to check out our shop on thirdfloorwars.com for the latest in gaming apparel and gear. There you'll also find the latest information for the U.S. Faux Tour. Find out where you rank in your conference or even in the entire United States. Get those models built, painted, and ready so we can see you at the next U.S. Faux Tour Masters event. Please take a moment to write a review of this pod on your favorite platform. Rating and reviewing helps us find more listeners almost as cool as you are. Be sure to share this feed with all of your friends who love tabletop gaming. Thanks for listening. Howdy folks, Craig here. Now, if you love gadgets as much as we do, you're going to love the new Third Floor Wars Gadget Bundle from Schooner Labs. 
branded with the logo of your favorite podcast, it comes with two measuring multi-tools, a compass stepper for those tight and important movements, along with a compact dashboard to track your turn, strat, and scheme scoring along with your soul stones and pass tokens. It is the perfect bundle for anyone who plays Malifaux or just wants to look cool while doing it. The link is in the show notes. Check them out and help support your favorite gaming podcast. 